Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. I have a question for you, both wheels or doors? What do you mean? I don't understand. Wheels or doors, what? I know. So (laughs) my 13-year-old said this to me the other day and he was saying there's this thing on TikTok about wheels versus doors. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, do I like wheels more than I like doors? He gave me that kind of withering look. Yeah, who would win in a fight, wheels or doors? No, it's what are there more in the world of? Wheels or doors? And it's just one of those stupid things, but then we've actually spent quite a lot of time speaking about it over the last few days and the internet's just gone nuts on it. It started on TikTok. I don't even know how, as these things do. What would you say, Holv? Would you say there's more wheels or doors in the world? Wheels. Holly? For sure. I mean, sorry, you are Holly. Jesse, the other one. But then, Holly, what about like big buildings? They have so lots many, of internal doors. There's so many doors. Okay, in so big you know the, the two big arguments. First, Hot Wheels cars make, I think it's 16 billion cars a year, something like that, right? But then someone said, well, what about coffins? Oh, no. Oh. That's not a door. That's a lid. That's different. But, well, people on the internet are counting it as a door. And also, every drawer, I'm like, well, what about every drawer? That's a door on a no. drawer. And, and no, Remy not. said, well, no, but every drawer has wheels in it. So I think it's definitely wheels. This is where we're at now with distraction, isn't it? Like the world has just got so overwhelming that this is what we would rather talk about than almost anything else. This is what my partner went out to dinner recently with a bunch of friends and he got home and I imagine that, you know, they sit around, they talk about girls, they talk about, you know, hot chicks from Insta. He got home and I was like, what do you talk about? And he said, we got there and someone asked how many watermelons would fit in the MCG and that's all we talked about for three hours. Oh, my God. And now every time we look at a bin, we go 11 watermelons, 30 watermelons. It is, it's the only conversation we have now is about how many watermelons fit anywhere. I think these are the safest conversations to be having in 2022. Mm. That's the it's thing. true. Welcome to Mamma Mia Out Loud, what women are talking about, including wheels and doors. I'm Holly Wainwright. I'm Mia Friedman. And I'm Jessie Stevens. And we're asking you a favour straight up. I'm just going straight out with it. You know how you've just got to, I've got a favour, I'm going for it. There's an election coming up. You can sense it. You can sense it. And I'm it. running for Prime Minister yes. and we'd like you to vote for me, <laughs> Kanye style. That would be so good, Mia. I wish that's what I was announcing because that would be a fun campaign. But no, at Mamma Mia, we want to know what the women of Australia really care about during the election, not what we think you should care about, what they, as in the politicians, think you should care about, but what you actually do. 
So we're running a survey. We're going to put a link in the show notes and it basically has this massive list of issues and you rank your top five. More than 2,000 women have already done it and we only sent it live on Wednesday. So it's going to be such a comprehensive study, but it's going to help us decide what to talk about, what to cover, what to write about. All the politicians who are banging on Mia's door to talk to her, what she's going to ask them about and what platforms Mia's going to run on when she announces her candidacy. But yes, please come and do our elections survey we'll put the link in the show notes now i've got my begging out of the way on today's show in an inversion of regular programming two powerful men are arguing about weight and diets so is the prime minister really bullying his opponent about his changed appearance and our best and worst of the week which range from forgetfulness to nude paintings to jesse's life Jesse, I feel like you're going to dominate that section today and fair enough too. But first... I've got no issue with people knowing that I've done that and I told Jack from day one and... Yeah, early on we had this discussion. That's not the thing. The issue I've got here is I don't know how you thought that was any of your business to spread that around. If people wanted to Google me, they could Google me. But you clearly sent that. That's gossip and, and... I just mentioned it like it was it didn't mentioned come with any it. it didn't come with any malice or judgment or anything. So it's sending that is not gossip or, or malice. I'm sorry, but you put it out there. You put your photo there, you put you created an OnlyFans. Like this is what people who put their nude photos online, like they've got to cop this back. It's not about that like people know. Ooh. It's not about that. It's the fact that the thing's been circulated in the group. Like what the f- Uh, I have a question that I'm too embarrassed to ask, and this is a safe space and a regular segment where the three of us often hear about something, we're not quite across it. And it, you know, there are these stories that it feels like everybody understands and it's too late in the game to say, hey, can someone explain to me what you're talking about? So I've been spending quite a lot of time in the Outlouders Facebook group and there's been a lot of conversation about a dinner party, something about maths, a nude photo. I've seen other things on the internet, but I'm not watching maths, so I kind of never click on anything maths. Do I need to know about this? Is it important? Jesse Stevens, maths correspondent. It's so important and it's embarrassing for you because you're the single only person in the country who doesn't understand this story right now. Like I need you to Even know, I understand it. Yes. Yeah, well, that says Everyone a lot. has an opinion. I'm I really have embarrassed not felt now. so strongly about a story for a very, <laughs> very long time. Right, And I'm going to give you a quick overview because I know you'll have an opinion. Once I tell you, you're going to have a strong opinion, you're going to want to yell about it. Married at first sight, two women, Domenica and Olivia. They're fighting. Why they're fighting doesn't matter, whatever. They turn up at a dinner party, which they have every week, and Olivia or Liv, who hates Domenica, decided to Google her. When she was obsessing over how much she hated this other woman, she thought, I'll Google her and see if I can find any dirt on her and see what she's done in the past. And what she finds is Domenica's OnlyFans account. OnlyFans, for anyone who doesn't quite understand what that is, is a website, it's a subscriber website, where you can post whatever you want, whether it's, you know, nude photographs or specific content and it's behind a paywall. So people subscribe to your content. Imagine like Instagram or whatever, but behind a paywall. Here's a tip. It's not an app because I went to the app store trying to understand what the OnlyFans was. This was a while ago and I downloaded some app that 
was not only fans because it's not an app because it's got pornographic content on it and a lot of sex workers use it as well it's not in the app store it is a website and so you go there exactly. and then you pay to follow a particular person and that person charges for their content right Yes, and we've talked about it on this show before because what's good about OnlyFans is that it's going into the pockets of sex workers and and women who are profiting off their own bodies as opposed to men who in, you know, places like Hollywood for a lot of years have exploited women who are working in porn. So Domenica has a few pictures and stuff up on OnlyFans and Liv finds it, obviously finds this incredibly scandalous and circulates an extremely explicit image of Domenica to all the other participants in the experiment. So she, so says, she must have subscribed to the other woman's OnlyFans account have. to get access to this photo and she then took a screenshot, right, did she? Or someone she knew did and took a screenshot. Yes, which of course is the problem, I guess, with something like OnlyFans is that it can feel like a safe space but all it takes is a screenshot and suddenly it is public. And I think there's a big question about whether OnlyFans is public or private because behind a paywall, and I know this wasn't the point, but this is what I kept wanting to shout as I was watching it, was this is behind a paywall. Unless you are paying for that content, it shouldn't be circulated, you know, over a few drinks where a bunch of women are laughing or mocking or degrading a woman who was trying to make a bit of money. That just felt really icky to me. And it was brought up at this dinner party by a guy who said... Do you mean a dinner party on the show or a dinner party in real life? Well, I would argue both. And this guy said, Jack, Dominica's husband, what do you think about the fact your wife has an OnlyFans? And Jack said pretty quickly, I've known about it since week two. I don't really care. But what I am upset about is that you've all been talking about it behind our backs and no one came and spoke to Domenica about it. And for people who watched this episode of television, I know the word triggering is overused, but the behaviour of Olivia was so upsetting and confronting for any woman who's ever been bullied by another woman because Liv was doing the smirk, she was doing the gaslighting. You know when someone says something cruel to you or does something cruel and then you say you're upset, And then they say to you, why are you so upset? Like, I'm not judging the fact that you have naked photos on the internet. I was just showing people. I don't think it's a big deal. It's not a big deal. I just thought I would show everyone. What's the issue here? The issue here is what are the ethics of in a world where we are sharing more nude photos than ever before, what are the ethics of sitting around and looking at a naked photo of someone that was intended for one audience to then be spread among another. Is that bad? Because the argument, and I, you know, have had arguments with people since, a lot of men in my life have said, hang on, that picture is on the internet. It's public property. Domenica had to know that people would see it one day. Is that really the worst thing in the world? If the three of us are sitting there and I discover that my good friend Holly Wainwright is on OnlyFans and I find an image, what are the ethics of me saying to a bunch of people I know, whether it's in the workplace, whether it's socially, have you guys seen these pictures of Holly? Well, the ethics of it is that that's a shitty thing to do. Yes, right? it is, I right? think there is zero question that that is a shitty thing to do. It's gossip, it's insidious, it's bitchy, it's mean. But this show makes me feel like I'm on drugs every time I watch it because 
we sit here now talking about this like this is real life, like this is just like us doing this thing or just like anyone's friend group or anyone's group chat doing this thing. Guys, it isn't. It isn't real life. I watched this episode because as some regular outlouders would know, often now, because I don't live in Sydney, I come to Sydney on Wednesday nights, I often stay with my friend and she is a massive maths fan. So I've started she's a legend. I know, right? So I've started seeing these Wednesday night episodes and I sit there on the couch and I feel like my brain is dribbling out of my ear in a pile of green slime. Not because I think I'm too smart for it, but because Dom knew she had an OnlyFans before she went on the show and almost certainly so did the producers, so did the experts, so did all of the people. Apparently this was filmed like what, last August, September, a long time ago, right? This storyline is for drama and dramatic effect. There's no way that the guy, the idiot guy who brought it up like, hey, Dom, I thought you should know. Like, scripted, intentional. That's going to play out over a whole week. The people who actually invaded her privacy are channel freaking nine. It made me sit there going, I can't believe it. The experts were all there with this faux outrage about, well, this is terrible behavior. And look at all these meanies slut shaming her like that. And all of these things. It is scripted drama. If Channel 9 or any of those experts were particularly concerned about Dom and her privacy and whether or not that OnlyFans account should have been leaked, you know what? They could have not aired that storyline. They could have edited it in a different direction. They could have left it out. Instead, we're all sitting around going, should Liv be charged? <laughs> like, charged no, with what? With... Channel 9 should be charged. So the argument is that is this... Image-based abuse. Image-based abuse. And there's 80,000 signatures on a petition. Holly, you're wrong. I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. Unless this group of people are the best actors Australia has to offer, what happened on Wednesday night was absolutely real. I would argue that it does have real-world applicability because I do think that in an environment where young women are more sexually liberated than ever before when they realise that there are places like OnlyFans, like Sunroom is another example, where you can make money off your body or off your content, it's going to happen more and more. And I can absolutely see situations. I've been in situations in my life where an image has been circulating of someone that they don't know I have access to and I don't know what to do. I don't know if I tell them. What do you mean? I remember being in my early 20s and sitting with, you know, a group of guys and an image is circulating of a girl I know that they're all looking at, that was shared by one person. And my instinct is to go, she needs to know. And then at the other end, I'm going, but she'll be horrified to know and what the hell can she do about it anyway? I think there does need to be more of a conversation around the ethics, what we're meant to do. I think that um, the issue here is, I know there'll be lots of people listening to this saying, well, she's, I don't understand. She's put a nude photo of herself on this platform for strangers to be able to pay to see. She's clearly not embarrassed about her body and it's a photo she chose and it was taken, you know, with her permission by her, whatever. What's the problem? Mm. Not it serves her right, but, you know, buyer beware. I think that for her, what we're talking about is also money. So by doing that, To me, it's not necessarily about shaming her, but it's about taking away her ability to earn money. So when you take something that is a paid product 
and you give it to other people for free, you're harming her ability to make money from that photo. But Mm. also she's saying I'm prepared for people to see me naked in exchange for money and I'm prepared for these people to see me naked. I'm not prepared for everybody to see me naked for free. Like that's the decision she made. You mentioned Sunroom, Jesse. It's really interesting and I know a lot about Sunroom and uh, some friends of mine founded Sunroom actually. It's just launched as a competitor to OnlyFans. And one of the reasons that it has taken them so long to launch is that it includes a technology that enables you to not screenshot things that you see. And that is huge for people to feel like they really do have that control Mm. and privacy. Because, you know, if you take that argument further, the people that are saying, well, it's on the internet, it's kind of like saying, well, my boyfriend's seen me naked. Therefore, what difference does it make if everybody sees me naked? Like you get to choose with these platforms. You get to choose who sees you and under what circumstances. And I think that's absolutely right. And everything that Jesse is saying is also absolutely right, that we've evolved or hopefully we're evolving to a place where we all get that, right? It's this kind of faux outrage on this show makes me insane because now the debate, and it was on radio shows where Liv, the girl who leaked the image, the woman who leaked the image was being interviewed, just admit you did it to be mean. And she, as you said, Jesse, what do you mean mean? I'm not being mean. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what her intention were. It's a gross breach of privacy. The intention is irrelevant. The pious hand-wringing of the network and the experts is bullshit because if they were really worried about Dom's privacy, they wouldn't have aired a storyline that then saw thousands and thousands of Australians Googling Dom nude picture only fans. What we're going to see on Sunday are those three experts, and I, you know, I'm not the first person to defend that show or those experts. However... I think that's a really important moment to have those three professionals hold a group of adults to account and say this is something that we don't accept. And if anything, but one sec, if they all go there and pay, they can see the photos. So what you just said, Hol, about everyone's googling OnlyFans, whatever nude photo, that's going to be very good for her. I'm not necessarily saying she's a victim in this. I mean, I think ultimately it's going to be good for her. But I think it's an interesting thing to think about what these new platforms like OnlyFans and Sunroom mean. But it's been leaked so they can see it for free. Do you know what I mean? My point is, is that if Channel 9 or any of these people were actually genuinely concerned about Dom's privacy, boundaries, decisions about who was or wasn't looking at her naked pictures, they wouldn't have made an hour of television about it where everybody can now go and Google and look at it for free anyway. Jesse, are you still recapping even with your bum leg? Brings me so much joy. I didn't think about my leg Does for it? a whole few hours when I was thinking about Domenica's nude photo. That just, honestly, it's such escapism. We'll put a link in our show notes to your and Claire's <laughs> recap of that, which I will read even if I don't watch the show. Mamma Mia out loud! Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. So this week, an argument about weight loss opened up in an unexpected corner. 
Now, I'm not talking about Rebel Wilson, who hosted the BAFTAs and showed an image of her pre-weight loss body and received the biggest round of applause of the night. Although, if you want to hear more about that, you can listen to Tuesday's Spill or read Laura Brodnick's excellent excellent story about it. We'll put it in the show notes. I'm actually talking about a different argument about weight loss, one that's going on between the Prime Minister of the nation and the leader of the opposition, the men who are about to go head-to-head at the general election to decide whose party will govern probably any day now. Now, these guys have got a lot of big issues to tackle, maybe more serious than this, and maybe more serious than we've ever seen. The ongoing management of the pandemic, climate crisis impacting thousands of Australians' lives, there's a war in Europe, family violence statistics that won't budge. I could go on and on and on. But as we know, elections are at optics and Labour leader Anthony Albanese has undergone a bit of a makeover in the past year or two in preparation for this big moment. Now, we have touched on it briefly. And also, Mia, when you had Anthony Albanese on No Filter, I know you talked about it briefly too. He's 59, Albo, as we shall refer to him forevermore. And he has apparently lost between 15 and 18 kilos, depending on who you listen to. And this week, the Prime Minister addressed it. And this is what he said. I'm not pretending to be anyone else. We're still wearing the same glasses. um, (laughs) Sadly, the same suits. Um, And I... (laughs) And I weigh about the same. And I don't mind a bit of Italian cake either. Um, So I'm happy. In my own skin, I'm not pretending to be anyone else. Um, and when you're, when you're Prime Minister, you can't pretend to be anyone else. You've got to know who you are, because if you don't know who, who you are, then how on earth are other people going to know? And I think that's what the choice is at this election. Now, many people were quick to point out that ScoMo, as he shall always be called, loves to pretend to be anyone else. Hairdressers, he likes to pretend to be them. Construction workers, anyone who can play the ukulele. But anyway, Albo then had to respond, because here we are observing two middle-aged men arguing about skinny shaming and whether or not losing weight is a good thing. And this is what Albo said. I've said it a number of times. I had a a major car accident at the beginning Mm. of last year, uh, one in which I could have lost my life. Part of what that did was do a real reassessment of my health and what I needed to do. I feel great. I've got out there. I've got healthier. Yes, Mm. I've lost weight. I think that's a good thing. I want to be match fit in order to run the country. So, (laughs) Mia, is it opposite day? Look, I think that Albo's definitely had a glow up. I asked him about it on No Filter and it's not just the weight he's lost. He's done a number of things, but I think a lot of people do that at certain periods in their life. He's just got a new partner as well. He's come out the other side of a divorce He's been dating again. And even back when he was still married, I remember he had braces, probably 10 or or more years ago, he got adult braces. So I don't think we should ever shame someone for wanting to change their appearance, whatever that looks like, or shame them for their changed appearance, even if it was not necessarily their choice. And I think it was a puerile, grasping attempt by ScoMo to try and say that Albo's a phony. I mean, the whole idea of calling him ScoMo, lovable Aussie larrikin bloke, that's as much branding as anything Anthony Albanese is doing. I feel as though weirdest remark is pretty much how you can sum up Scott Morrison's prime ministership. Like what a weird thing to say that had nothing to do with anything 
I reject that skinny shaming is a thing. I don't think it really is a thing and I don't think that we can compare a comment made about Anthony Albanese losing weight to the sort of derision that people face when they put on weight. I don't think that there's any comparison. But the idea that you're a phony or that you're dishonest or trying to trick people because you're focusing on your health is weird and I hate as well that this has become a story about weight loss. This is not a story about weight loss. It is a story about a man over 50 who has gone, health is an investment. Whether the weight was a byproduct or whatever, I don't really care. But when someone like Albanese, my dad in his 60s recently had a scare, when you have a scare like this, you realize that health is something you invest in every day. And when things go wrong, that was something that you ate well, that you exercised, all of that, that your body is a little bit stronger. And we've seen in the context of, you know, the devastating loss of Shane Warne at 52 of a heart attack and also of Kimberly Kitching at the same age, if a bunch of people over the age of 50 start looking at each other and going, all right, what can I do to live a healthier life? If that's the outcome, then, I mean, that's something that we should probably focus on. And and to sort of make fun of that is really counterproductive. It is. I mean, we have to make the point, and I know you know this better than anyone, Jesse, that health and weight are not the same thing. Yes. You know, but I think that one of the things that's interesting about what Scott Morrison was trying to suggest about Albo, and it feels... I hate the word bullying because it's too extreme for this, but I think a lot of us could recognize it, is when you do change something in your life, sometimes there are people, and often it's the people who know you best, who will suggest that you're being fake, that you're trying to be someone you're not. Oh, you think you're someone who goes for a run now. Oh, you think you're someone now who eats salad. Like, oh yeah, you're not the person who likes burgers. And like, you know what I mean? Like it's often the people who are close to you who will mock and deride and changes so- you Accurate. We always talk about this as, as part of being a twin. One of my brothers yes. decided once to go for a run and the other brother waited out the front so that he could mock him when he came home and went, we are not runners. And that is just <laughs> the problem with being a twin is that it is like the other person thinks your identity is unchanging. And so you've just got to exactly. be like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I tried to go outside of the box. And I think that friendship groups do that too and probably in different circumstances. So, you know, Obviously, it's very complex to talk about the weight health thing because we've discussed before how often health can be a code word when people don't want to talk about weight and they go, but I want to be healthy. That obviously has a lot of problematic implications. But in this issue, I think Albo has been very straightforward in saying that it is about a male in his 50s trying to be fit and strong. And we can't pretend that that isn't something that actually plays well with the electorate because it does. Do you remember the election campaign when Tony Abbott basically ran from 6 eight, like he mm. said, I'm going to campaign 24-7 every day. And he was always in his budgie smugglers and he was always legging it around. And he clearly considered that a large part of his appeal that the nation thought he could handle things because he was fit. Now, true or not, whatever, but it kind of feels very schoolyard to be saying <laughs> That's not who he is, really. He likes pasta. He's Italian. He eats cakes. You know what I mean? Like, it's that. It's, it just feels very schoolyardy. I, I don't know. I really wish they were talking about more serious things. 
Best and worst, Jesse, you have to kick off. I mean, maybe Holly and I just won't say anything. You can have the floor. <laughs> I just win. Sometimes it's good to win when you're competitive. How to choose one worst. Being a horrible person is a real kind of twist oh. that I didn't see coming. I think because I've been so upset and like, you know, after surgery I had to be showered by Luca and, of course, that day I get my period so I'm being showered <laughs> by my partner. Oh, like, and you just go, this is so degrading, this is so awful to lose your independence like that. But you reserve all your energy to getting out of bed, to doing the bare minimum, to being kind to people outside your family and you become mean to the people you love the most. I had to sort of stop myself last night because I've been awful to my sister, Claire. Who do you, you want know, to apologise to? Get it out. Come on. Oh, my God. I to? have to apologise to everyone because, mm -hmm. of course, and I come in, I'm lovely to my physio and I'm lovely to the You're surgeon. nice to us. I'm fine to you so far, but I'm not kind to the people who are doing all the work and, like, the tiny things that people do. And then I was sitting on the couch the other night and Luca was like, let's go to bed. And I burst out in tears because I was like, I haven't had dinner, but I didn't want to ask for some food after everything that had happened. And, you know, Luca's helped me put pants on and helped me carry all these things. And I was like, I'm really hungry. Oh, and you just sweet, It's just awful. those tiny, sad, sad moments. So I think that's got to be one of the worst. And hopefully I'm going to get better and better at that. In terms of the best, and I am going to find one because I think it's important, my well of empathy for people <laughs> has just grown. I have so many mates who have had surgery and I was so naive. I didn't send flowers. I might have sent a text and gone, hey, hope you're okay. I had absolutely no idea the impact that this shit, mates who have had C-sections, mates who have had ACL, Achilles, all broken bones. If there is one thing to take from this, I'm going to be that person now. Like I'm going to be that person that sends the flowers and that sends something helpful. And when bad things happen, I think you're of better use to other people. So that's what, what I'm hoping. And another best actually was that I can put my own pants on now, guys. <gasps> I can do it. Oh, that's big. It's a big deal. This morning I had a shower on my own. These are genuinely big milestones. And poor Luca thinks that he's finally out of the woods, but I keep yelling at him to watch me whenever I do something. So it's like, Luca, yeah. Luca, I can shower on my own, sit there and watch. And he's like, I thought <laughs> maybe we were showering separately now. And I'm like, no, 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 look, look at me on one leg. Anyway, that's a, that's a great milestone. Mia, do you want to go next? It's so funny because the whole week I'm just like, I've got a worst and then I keep forgetting what it is. And then today I'm like, what's my best and worst? And you guys say, you don't have one. And I'm like, shit, I've forgotten it. My worst you is You are the in COVID isolation. I know. I'm in COVID isolation. That's not even my worst. My worst is the forgetfulness and the brain fog of perimenopause. It is just so debilitating for you and the people around you because it's like normal forgetfulness. Like you sort of go, oh, and then someone will remind you and you go, oh, yeah, that's right. Or like, oh, that rings a bell. Like with my brain fog it just doesn't ring a bell at all, like nothing. Like mm. today I was quickly blow drying my hair and Jason came and just sort of looked at me and closed the door to my bathroom because he was on a Zoom call and he's like, babe, I've told you so many times 
that the sound of the hairdryer just goes straight through the house. Can you please close your bathroom door? And I don't remember him ever telling me that. I don't disbelieve him. I'm sure he's told me that probably a hundred times, but it just makes you feel really incompetent the brain fog and the forgetfulness. Yeah. But my best is that I've remembered to actually do something about it. So we have started, well, we're actually deep in the process of putting together a virtual perimenopause summit with all the best experts in all one place that's going to live stream to anyone who wants to attend wherever you are. The wait list is open. You'll be able to buy tickets soon. I'll let you know when, but we've got a link in our show notes. It's called the Very Perry Summit. And uh, I just feel like I've organized this because I really need some help. And maybe there are other out louders who feel the same way. Oh, there will be. One of my really good friends says that Perry has added an hour to her workday because when she finishes her job at the end of the day, she makes copious notes, like copious notes because she'll forget everything otherwise. So she'll be like, in that meeting, I said that thing, I called that person, you know, so that the next day when she starts, she can look at it. And she said, I never thought that would be me. And if I don't do that, I just am constantly feeling like I can't do my job and I'm going to get fired. Yeah. And it's like, and it does. It really hits nobody's talking about no. that. So. People talk about, oh, hot flushes, but there's so many different aspects of Perry, mental, physical, and emotional. And um, yeah, we need to talk about it. There are so many women of different ages too. I think when, when you're at a certain life stage and you feel like your friends are going through it, but there are women who have had health crises that are in their 30s, 40s, whatever. Even 20s. And don't have anyone to talk to. Yeah, exactly right. And I think that is such a gift to give people a bit of a guidebook because uh, it's not something you hear about until you're in the depths of it. Hol, what are your worst and best? Can you remember? I'm going to stretch back. It's a bit of a failure of feminism on my part, I think. You can tell me if that's true or not. Obviously, my parents are visiting. We've been doing a few touristy things. And when we were up in the city last weekend, we took the kids to an art exhibition because my little boy, Billy, he loves art like he genuinely does. So he really wanted to go and see this big Matisse exhibition that's on at the Art Gallery of New South Wales. So we all went, here's me, learning moment, took Matilda and her mate as well. We got there, it was busy, but it's amazing. You're seeing art that you've only ever seen, you know, in books and all of that stuff, and it's right there in front of you. But what was fascinating is the two 12-year-old girls, so Matilda and her mate, the only thing they could see and the only thing that blocked them from being able to appreciate any of the art was the naked women. What do you mean? Matisse, a French artist, he lived a very long time. He did lots of different kinds of art. It's one of his things that he did all the different styles, but... Also among it, just lots and lots and lots of sketches of naked women because that's what artists do, right? And it's certainly what male artists of a certain era did, just endless sketches and paintings of naked women in various poses. And the girls could not see past it. And they just had so many questions that challenged me because I didn't even think about it. That just shows you, you know, I didn't even think about it. I'm like, well, that's what artists do. They sketch naked women. And Matilda and Margot. I never would, thought about that either. Matilda and Margot are just like, but why? And who are they? And why is he seeing them naked? And why aren't they allowed to have clothes on? And why is he? And, and it's so embarrassing for them. And don't they feel very exposed? And like they couldn't see past it. And it made me, it challenged all kinds of things in my brain. And I was sort of saying to them, well, you know, let's look over here at this one that isn't about a naked woman. And they just kept going, but why would the naked women? <laughs> and it was really hard to explain. And I found myself saying some really bullshitty things like, 
the human form is an amazing way to learn how to draw because without our clothes. And they're like, yeah, but there's no naked men here. And I was like, wow. Yes, and that's because. And then so. Oh, little baby feminists. I know. But in order to have conversations with this next impressive generation, I need to go back to school myself and like, why are there so. I mean, I think I know, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> but like, what are we going to say? And I don't know. Tale as old as time. It was really interesting. It messed with my mind, but it was kind of my worst because I felt like I didn't have any satisfactory arguments to deliver them. What Matilda is essentially asking is why women's bodies have been objectified since the beginning of time. And also not only why have they been objectified since the beginning of time, but mum, I'm on the cusp of womanhood. What the fuck is this about? And you're like, I'm so (laughs) sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah, like because her body's beginning to look and so yeah, of course. And it's interesting because Billy, who loves art, he asked me a while ago, we walk into school and he said, why aren't there as many famous female painters? That's a big question, but that was one I could kind of explore with him because there are lots of reasons for that. But the naked women, I'd, oh, anyway, so help me out loud. I'd like some art history 101 to help with the feminists. My best is a new project. So we announced this week that we launched a new podcast that I'm co-hosting with Emily Vernon, who works at Mamma Mia, who is exactly half my age. And I just want to tell all the out louders two things. One, that show was born on Out Loud. There was a show a couple of years ago when Mia and I explained to Jesse Stevens, I believe, about Fergie, as in the Royal Fergie and the toe-sucking scandal of the early 90s. Jesse was sitting there going, what? A bit like Matilda and uh, Margot. At the- <laughs> Who sucks a toe? And yeah. also like, do you mean Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas, she said? <laughs> exactly. And so we realised there that there was this really interesting idea. And you know, any out loud will know that I can talk about celebrities, royals, pop culture. It's our favourite thing. All of those things. Underwater, it's my favourite thing about that. in yep. the world. So we have built a show around that M and I. She is exactly half my age. She knows lots of things about things I don't know anything about. YouTubers and the Fire Festival and Olivia Rodriguez and all these people who I don't know who they are. And I know a lot about things that she doesn't know about, like Fergie and like that time Prince Harry was naked in Las Vegas and all of those kind of things. So we've made a show about it and it's my best because working on a new project that's got all your neurons firing and is just really fun and great to do and so far, the reception's been great, has been amazing and definitely my best of the week. Zac Efron dropped a condom on a red carpet of a children's Ooh. movie premiere. Zac Efron <laughs> is ready to go at all times. Mm-hmm. Even at the Lorax premiere, <laughs> he's like, things might get interesting here. Tonight. You never know. Got to oh. be prepared. At least he's being prepared. Well, I mean, safe. Not only has the reception been great, it is the number one podcast in the country. It is so funny. It's the comedy show we all need right now. Congratulations, Holly Wainwright. Thank you. You can find it. Go and find Lowbrow in whatever podcast app you're listening to here. And what you can do to make Holly's best even better is subscribe and leave a review. It helps people find it. And we want to grow and have more and more people listen to this fun stuff. It's the escapism and the distraction we need right now. My very quick recommendation is Trevor Noah. He's the host of The Daily Show, which is one of those night shows in America, those kind of like where they have guests and they talk. Trevor Noah did a sort of a monologue at the beginning instead of doing that stand-up telling jokes that, you know, those old school late night hosts do. He did this monologue about 
Kim Kardashian and Kanye and how we're watching arguably the most famous woman in the world being harassed in real time. And he grew up in a house with domestic violence and he talks about when they used to go to the police station with his mother, the police would always say, oh, but were you talking back? And he said it's always about what have the women done? Two things can be true. Kim likes publicity. Kim is also being harassed. Those things can be happening at the same time. I see a woman who wants to live her life without being harassed by an ex-boyfriend or an ex-husband or an ex-anything. You may not feel sorry for Kim, you know, because she's rich and famous, because of the way she dresses, because she appropriates black culture, because she tells women they're lazy, because she broke the internet and then didn't put it back together, whatever, you hate her, whatever. But what she's going through is terrifying to watch and it shines a spotlight on what so many women go through. It's so great. We'll put a link in our show notes. It's on YouTube. That is all we have time for today. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mamma Mia Out Loud. It was produced by Emma Gillespie. The executive producer is Eliza Ratliff. And on yesterday's subscriber segment, we spoke about Carrie Bickmore's decision to step back from the project. And we all had really different perspectives on how we felt about it and the feelings it brought up in us. It's really interesting. Here's a tiny bit of it. I think that Carrie Bickmore is a genius because nothing enforces family time like moving somewhere where you don't know any other people (laughs) and there's only you guys together against the world. Is this a genius move to grab the last golden moments of family time from a tween or teen who is about to stop wanting to hang out with you like Carrie says? Bye! Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. Nobody, 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 nobody speaks to me like Mamma Mia.